0: and welcome to The Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button, or could we encourage you to also support our work by clicking on the giving button? Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to read the Beatitudes section of the Bible for us this morning, and uh, hopefully not for the very last time, or the final time, hopefully we'll read it again together at some point. But for now, let's read Matthew's version of the Beatitudes, and we're going to begin in uh, chapter 4, we're going to go from 17 through to the end of the Beatitudes. So You ready? You guys ready up there? Ready down here? You guys ready up there? Yeah? Who's digital, hold your digital Bibles up. Good, you can all leave now. No, I'm joking. Hold your paper Bibles up. All right, there's there's three of us, five of us maybe. (laughs) There's, There's no problem. It's what God speaks to you through the words, not the actual words on the page. All right, you ready? Okay, one person. Are you ready? All right, come on. This book's great. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. What? What? For the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you guys out to fish for people. At once, they dropped their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, because they were fishermen as well. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him, all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering with severe pain, demon-possessed people, people having seizures, the paralyzed, and Jesus healed them all. Large crowds from Galilee, the ten cities, Jerusalem and Judea, the whole region across the Jordan followed him. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples followed him up there and he began to teach them. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you'll be filled. Blessed are the merciful for you'll receive mercy. Blessed are you when you're pure in heart, because you will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for you will be called children of God. Blessed are those of you who are persecuted because of your righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because for the same reason, they persecuted the prophets who came before you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the Bible I thank you for the countless men and women who recorded your story and crafted it for us so that we could have it in our hand to read today. Centuries and centuries and centuries of tradition and wisdom and truth about how good you are. Lord, as we consider those words and and speak with one another about them today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be present in us and in this space, leading us into wisdom and insight and meaning and truth. Lord, convicting us where we need to bring about some change in our life, but stepping graciously and gratefully into your goodness and your love, knowing that you don't shame us, God, but that you draw us into life and life to the full. And, and our ability to truly understand that and truly be in your presence and unity with you is only possible because of the difference Jesus made through his teaching, through his sacrifice on the cross, and through the life that he lived. We have a great example to follow. As we read the story of it today, Holy Spirit, I pray you be on us to move us into a deeper understanding of your goodness for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're just going to explore three very easy questions today in order to wrap this series up. The first question is, how do we get here? Not practically by a bus or train or car or whatever, but how do we get to this point in the series? And we're going to ask, what is persecution? And then we're going to ask, how do we deal with it? And the title of my message today is, The Antidote to Persecution. The antidote to persecution. And my hope is that by the end of this, exploring these three questions, we would A, understand what persecution is, B, understand Jesus' perspective of it, and C, have a really strong way to respond to it. Should we experience it? And I think we all will experience it at some point in some way. Are you ready? Let's begin. So how do we get to here? I want to I reconstruct or take you through the architecturals of the Beatitudes series. When you read the Beatitudes in your Bible, you'll notice that they're laid out, they're typeset differently than the other paragraphs in the Bible. And that's a clue to help us understand that this is poetry. And poetry is specifically put together to teach us something deeper, there's more structure to it, and the structure teaches us something. So I want to take us through the structure of the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes begins on a foundation of following and repenting after Jesus. That is clear. We read that in Matthew 4, 17, and 19. Jesus says what? Repent. Because the kingdom of God is near. And we know we've talked about it. Repent, I've, I've talked about it as being, there's there's two aspects to it. You're, you're in, going in a direction and you turn. You realize that there's something unhelpful about that. Maybe the Holy Spirit gives you some insight saying, Smoking cigarettes is bad for your health, maybe. And you go, okay, I'm going to turn. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to let Jesus refresh my thinking in that he gave me a body. I've only got one, and I've only got so many years with it, so I'm going to live healthily. Okay, that's an example. So repentance is about turning and then being refreshed to pursue something else. We good with that? Paul, Paul Gibbs talked about it: turning and returning to God's like, original plan for your life. Or the the New Testament writers talked about it as a refreshment of your mindset. Refreshing your thinking. But it's not just turning and refreshing your thinking with whatever you want. With some new idea that you've read about on Instagram or in a magazine or a newspaper or whatever. It's turning and following Jesus. There's two parts to it. He says, repent and follow me. This is the foundation of the Beatitudes. And then he realizes, along with his incredible miraculous healings of people, that people are following him. They've done that. They've repented and they're following him. So he goes up on a mountainside, sits down, and begins to teach a framework to help us understand what happens to us when we follow and repent after Jesus. You'll see that in the, in the structure. Thanks, Cooper. Thanks, Cooper. When, with the repenting and following Jesus, then we begin to build this pyramid structure that is the structure of the poem of the Beatitudes. And it begins with God finding us in conditions that he wants to move us from. He finds the poor in spirit and those who are mourning and he gives them his kingdom and he comforts them. You'll see there. And then the next changes that begin to occur is that he builds our character. When he moves us through the difficult things of life, our character begins to build. We grow in our meekness. We hunger and thirst for God to fill our lives. To have uh, There's that word righteousness, which is a bit of an old school word. I like to think of it like this, if you need a definition. It's walking and talking with God. Hey God. And, there's more to it. You're walking and talking with God, and he's listening, and you know He's listening, and you can hear Him when He speaks back. That's what being hungry and thirst for righteousness is. When in everything you do, whether it's exercise, work, parenting, finances, thinking, eating fruit loops, whatever it is, hungry and thirsty for God is a walking, talking relationship with God where you can speak to him freely, boldly, confidently and you know he hears you and you can hear him back when he speaks. What a beautiful thing. There's more to it though. He, he really loves authenticity. We learned last week God doesn't do fake. Flawed, okay. Fake, eh. pure in heart. That's one of the changes that happens when we repent and follow Jesus, is we grow in our authenticity. We become authentic, genuine people who are true through and through. We talked about it as being true blue. Remember, that's true blue Aussie. That's a pure in heart person. And of course, we also begin to be a peacemaker everywhere we go, every conversation we have. Because we're repenting and following Jesus, he empowers us to bring peace to the situations we find ourselves in. And as we grow in in that character, we begin to enjoy this reciprocal relationship of mercy between us and God and other people. And we learn that mercy is loving kindness. And that's the hidden treasure of the Beatitudes that sits in the center of the pyramid with an emphasis saying, the real thing I want to enjoy with you, this is God speaking to us, is a reciprocal relationship of loving kindness that I can let you know how much I love you and you know it and you let me know how much you love me and I know it and you that's the, that's the goal of the Beatitudes framework. Doesn't that sound nice? And that's it. If you do all those things, you'll be hashtag blessed and you can go home and get heaps of money and... Have a good life. It'll be really prosperous and all that and you'll be sweet. That's not it though. That's not it at all. Jesus had to go and say, blessed are the persecuted. Not only that, he repeated it and told us what persecution actually is. Right when we think everything was going just swell and everything was loving kindness and happy, Jesus had to go and tag on the end, persecution. Thanks, Jesus. Right? It's like it was going so nice. I was growing in my character and then hard stuff happened in my life. And I thought you were a God of loving kindness. Why is hard things happening in my life? I I don't understand why hard things happen. And and I know being a pastor and the, the relationships I have the privilege of being in with our people, I know there's hard stuff happening to us all the time things that I cannot comprehend why they would happen. But I know this, that if it wasn't finished, if the pyramid wasn't finished, our character would have nothing to lean up against and that it wouldn't really be character. It's all well and good to say I'm growing in meekness and growing in peacemaking and growing in being pure in heart and growing in my hunger and thirst for righteousness. But unless it's tested, how can you know you're actually growing in it? This is what persecution does. Persecution tells us that it proves that the difference Jesus is making in our life is real, that it it transcends our space and time, that that it's an eternal difference that makes us eternally more better and good. Why? Because God's eternal and good and he's drawing us up into that. Without persecution, our, our character would just be an idea, but there is hard things that happen in life, in our world, that test us, and in Romans 5, we learn that through persevering through those things is where we demonstrate the character that is being brought up within us. And Here we find ourselves. That's why Jesus said it. But he didn't just say, you do all these nice things and then you get persecuted. He said, these things happen, you grow in your character and, and you will experience trial, persecution because of that. But don't worry, because you have the kingdom. He closes the circle up. You have my kingdom, remember that 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 goes past anything you can experience right now. and he demonstrated it by healing people and he said this is this even even a healing now here is temporary because ultimately I've got a plan that goes beyond what you could even imagine. you can't even understand how good it is. and if you have faith, we'll all see it and so and so we grow in this plan, passed through persecution in fact. When you hear the stories of the persecuted church, you'll see that most of the time they don't pray for the persecutions to stop. They pray that it would be an opportunity for people to know God through them. That is character. That is a peacemaker. That is being pure in heart. So, this is how we got to where we are. And we know that Jesus said, Blessed are the persecuted. Because remember, blessed is that word to be made bigger, makarios. So really what the Beatitudes is saying is, uh, well done. God is making your life bigger so that you can endure persecution. Enjoy a loving kindness relationship with God. Become a peacemaker, etc. God is making your life bigger through these changes. So what is persecution? What is persecution? Let's begin by talking about what persecution is not, shall we? Persecution is not the outcomes of your bad habits. Good, no one's walking out. Persecution isn't having uh, poor financial discipline and experiencing the outcomes of that, and then blaming somebody else for your poor financial situation. Persecution isn't having um, health problems that are caused by poor habits. Not, Not just generic health problems, they happen. I don't know why I'm not a medical doctor. But if we have bad habits of lack of exercise, poor diet, poor sleep, poor use of technology, and we experience the results... Of that kind of behavior, you can't blame someone else for that. It's not, you're not being persecuted by Apple, you're not being persecuted by McDonald's. You got yourself there. God's given you an intellect and an imagination so that you can think how to, and and, and the opportunity to repent and follow Jesus so that you can commit to disciplines in your life that help you live life to the full. He's given us a financial plan of how to use our finances in a meaningful way that allow his kingdom to go forward so that we can not only be blessed ourselves but we can contribute to his kingdom advancing in our city and our region and our nation and our world. He's also taught us there's there's every every thing I see on YouTube's like Diet to get six-pack, diet to get legs, diet to get a mad back, or whatever. <laughs> Our world is full of information today about how to live and We have an intellect and an imagination to be able to put those into practice, but it takes discipline. So you don't get to blame someone else for bad habits. That's not persecution. In fact, blame, blame is one of the root causes of persecution. (laughs) It's leading us into the definition now. Blame is a projected wound. Blame is when you have a hurt in your life and instead of dealing with it, whether you caused it or someone else did, instead of dealing with it here, you want to put it on someone else. That's what blame is. And blame is the reason why we have persecution. Why? Because people harbour Unforgiveness. People harbor unforgiveness. Instead of moving through and forgiving, we push our blame onto someone else. And this is the root cause of persecution. Consider Ireland. Ireland. In the 1970s, Ireland was torn apart, particularly Northern Ireland, by Christian families... And Catholic families burning each other's houses down—that should shock us. Like they're, they're, we're on the same team, right? Our God's the same God, right? And yet, you know, Shamus said to Billy, <laughs> "I don't like what you're preaching." And Billy said, well, you don't preach the Bible, and so on and so on. And and you can see what happens. It escalates, right? And because there's no forgiveness, it, it can only go in one direction, and it escalates from insult to speaking evil to then kind of projecting blame to then hurting to then taking life. The persecution as a word, we we get it from the Latin. And it means to follow through with hostile intent. To follow through with hostile intent. That's that's our version of it. In the Bible, the Greek version was diogmos. Say diogmos for me. How good is it? You come to church, you learn Hebrew and Greek, right? So good. Diogmos. Diogmos means the hunt to bring down. That's what the New Testament authors call persecution. It was a hunt to bring down. We see it really clearly in the life of Saul before he was transformed by Jesus to become Paul. In Acts chapter 8 and 9, you can read about Saul. In some versions it says he was breathing out murderous threats. How's that for persecution? Persecution. Not only that, it describes how he went to the religious authorities in his area and, and asked them, pleaded with them, please give me permission to hunt down these Christians and find them, arrest them, and in some cases, kill them. He had hostile intent that he was intending to follow through with. And we can see how persecution in this instance, the way I've described it, it's not a political thing. It's not even a religious thing. It's a heart thing that every single one of us is capable of doing. And so then the antidote for it has to be a heart thing. And Forgiveness is the antidote to persecution. If persecution is to follow through with hostile intent, then forgiveness is to follow through with hope filled intent. If the ultimate aim of persecution is death, then the ultimate aim of forgiveness is life. Fortunately, Jesus goes beyond the Beatitudes to teach us more and more. And this is what he talks about with persecution and forgiveness. I want to draw your attention to it now. It will be on the screen as well. Uh, He says this. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. Peacemakers, like the Beatitudes teach us. Then, after he teaches us how to pray, he says in chapter 6 14, If you forgive other people when they bring harm against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, how can your Father forgive yours? Wow. Forgiveness, such a powerful, powerful action. It almost seems like Jesus is saying that if we don't fully get it and if we don't fully practice it, then our very own relationship with God is at stake because there's something in God's loving kindness that is moved to forgive. No matter how far we've traveled from him, no matter how far we've decided to move our decision making and our lifestyle and our habits from him He wants us back and He can forgive all that. No matter what we call Him, no matter what we call His people, He's willing to forgive, to model to us that we ought to forgive too. There's got to be a place in our heart that fully appreciates the forgiveness that God has given to us, that fully understands that, man, I, I wasn't. There's nothing I could do on my own. My my sense of of worthlessness or even my sense of pride that says I don't need God, that's got to come down at some point and allow God to go into that space and to feel his forgiveness. And when you do, man, that hidden treasure of loving kindness in the middle of the Beatitudes becomes more real than ever before. And my prayer as we finalize this series is that every single one of us would live out of the beautiful fountain of living water that is God's love and forgiveness. And that you would be moved to be able to offer that forgiveness to yourself, to others in your life who have harmed you, have hurt you and that you might have the courage and the vulnerability to pursue forgiveness where you've caused hurt and harm. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts, or the work that we do, or when and where we gather, jump on our website at differentlight.com.au. Catch you later.